Welcome to the Paragold Podcast. This is Jared Pitney, and today I am joined by Big O, Brian Osborne. Brian, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure. Is this awkward for you? You've ever had headphones or been in front of a mic before? <laughs> Unfortunately not. It's kind of where I live, so this is good. This is home for you, right? Yeah, great system. Sounds fantastic. Makes me sound even better. Than yeah, right, man. Yeah. You've got a radio voice. I'm, I, I feel so much shame already. I feel like I need to, to go down a couple octaves and... I'm just trying to learn. From it, you. it really is all about the technology. If you just uh, let the technology improve you, ever, ever continuing That's, every single day. Well, we need some better technology because I've listened <laughs> to myself before, and it doesn't yeah, sound like you, you. You sound okay. So, did you notice what I have sitting here? I, I see that. Do you I, have a clue what this is? Uh, it, it, it used a, to have a wiffle ball in it, by the way, okay. but my kids took it. All right. It's a trophy, and it used to have a wiffle ball in it. Yes. Uh, does that go back to a 4th of July? You got it. Okay. Great memory. So this is a 2003 Sporting News Radio KDRS 1490 AM wiffle ball tourney champs trophy. There you go. That you gave to me okay. on 4th of July. And let me just tell you the story, because I'm, I'm, I'm sure you don't remember this, or maybe you do. Maybe you've relived it many times. I just times. remember the, the tournament, but go ahead. Okay, well, what happened is, um, and I'm just telling the story the way it happened, Robert. And so uh, <laughs> we were in a tournament. I don't know how many teams were in it, but KDRS obviously sponsored it, 2003, 4th of July. Yep. We, the team I was on won the tournament, and we won it in a walk-off home run hit by yours truly. And so you gave this to me, and you interviewed me uh-huh. on KDR. So this is uh, this is the the second time we sit around and we've been in a recorded conversation. Okay, and uh, I remember specifically you referred to my home run as a Pujolesque top home run. There you go. It was a bomb. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, and so this has been in my attic ever since then. Now without the ball, because my son plays wiffle ball, and uh, the, but it's long gone. But anyways, I just wanted to set that here. Well, uh, you know, wiffle ball, if played properly, you know, I grew up playing it in, you know, in the abandoned field in the neighborhood, sure. you know, and it was three guys playing. And the way you did it, you had a batter, and you had a pitcher, and you had an outfielder, yes. okay? Yeah. So, and you got two outs. Once your two outs were over, yep. you went to the outfield, outfield came up to the pitcher, pitcher became the batter. Okay. Pitchers hand out, all that kind of stuff. Yes. That's how we wiled away the hours on McKenzie Drive and Barnhill Road in Paragold, Arkansas, a few years back. And so this tournament comes up, and the rules of wiffle ball, uh, you know, it's, it's played. <laughs> There's on, official rules, man. Yeah, there are, and it's a very, it looks like a piece of pizza yes that's exactly uh, right narrowed down and everything and uh yes and it uh, it's it's more interesting it's not as fun <laughs> <laughs> well you know we sent a team so the way i even got into football it was a big deal so i played with a group of guys uh, evan elmore who's yeah, actually a principal yeah, in allentown yeah, caleb williams sure. uh those guys actually went and played i want to say it's in indiana in the world wiffle ball tournament there you go and they were good. Like they had a good wiffle ball team here, and they got smoked because there are people there are, all over the world who take wiffle ball very, yes. very, very seriously. Yeah. And so, but yeah, there's official rules and the official bat. You know, it's the it's the little yellow. Yeah, Do you remember yeah. the little yellow skinny yeah. bat, uh, and then the the ball with the three holes in it. So this is probably early seventies, mid seventies when I'm playing, and Dale Horn came to our neighborhood. Okay, Dale, who is the superintendent up in Flippin now, but everybody in Paragold okay. knows him. He, he used to be uh, was he a superintendent in Paragold? Oh, yeah, or? well, yeah, at, uh, at Crowley's Ridge Academy. Okay, he was at Paragold and everything okay. like that. Great guy. Everybody knows Dale Horn. But when he came, we played with an oversized bat yeah. that was reinforced. 
reinforced with duct tape. Oh, man, y'all are crushing it. And then he had another bat that was fabricated to look like a piece, a two-by-six piece of lumber. It was molded that way out of plastic. And again, the requisite uh, uh, duct tape on there as well. That was my choice <laughs> because, you know, you know, with a bat that wide, oh, yeah. you, know, you can hit the ball. You can't miss, man. Yeah, I had a 40 home run season. We used to keep records. <laughs> just, but anyway, oh, had a lot of fun back there. A that's lot of fun. A, so you were into sports, I'm guessing, growing up? I, growing up, I was. Uh, I, uh, I love football. I uh, love it, love it, love it. And uh, – basketball as well um my claim to fame is in uh, 1976 77 uh the um i think that's right uh mike stevenson who's jd's younger brother and a guy by the name of anthony boggs who was probably the best athlete to ever roll through paragold or anthony boggs anthony i've never heard that name rc boggs uh, if you come across rc you will uh, uh that is his son and uh, uh, Melissa Miller, uh, she was a Boggs, and that's her brother. That's her okay. baby brother. But this guy, this guy, you know, he had it all. He's I mean, in the 70s? Uh, yes. Yeah, he was my age. He's Paragold or Tech? Paragold. Paragold, very much so. What was he, his sport? Everything. Really? This was the guy that made good grades, was a good-looking guy, so mm. got the girls, mm. was a great basketball player. Uh, baseball player, he hit a he hit a line drive home run over me in little league that there's still a picture of. Ask Richard Brummett about that, and uh, he was just multi talented. But that that team we went nineteen and one, and I'll give Crowley's Ridge Academy some props. What, are you, that, you, what team went nineteen and that, one? That, that's my junior high. That's my ninth grade junior okay. high team. Okay? okay, that's my only claim to fame, really, <laughs> as far as championships <laughs> are concerned. Uh, but anyway, uh, Anthony, uh, fortunately for him, but unfortunately for us, his dad worked for the Emerson company and they relocated to Kansas. Yeah. Uh, Anthony played with Scott Hastings, who was a, a, a famous Razorback back in the day and went on to play in the NBA. If you look up Scott Hastings, he's a pretty funny guy and everything like Where's that. Where's he from? Uh, Kansas, Arkansas? somewhere in okay, Independence, Kansas. Kansas. Okay. And, and so they won a state championship up there. Anthony went on to play uh, four years. Of, of college ball, he, and they would play ASU every year and got to see him and everything like that. But he was terrific. But anyway, that's my big claim to fame as far as successful sports. Yeah, okay. We did a li- win a lot of games in, in high school. We won a few. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but I loved football. I'd give anything. You know, there's that dream you have where you're, uh, you're suiting up and, yeah. you know, you're just ready. I'm going to get to play another game of football. Yes. And for me, we played at uh, Harmon Field. So you actually played at high, you played for Paragold High School? Paragold High School, the Bulldogs, when yeah, we were the yeah, Bulldogs. And, great mascot. Uh, and in that dream, I get out of the uh, dressing room, I hit the track, the walking track that's around it, and it all goes away. Oh. It's horrible. <laughs> what did you play? What position? I was tied in and defensive in. Okay. And um, that um, we had uh, the, the Paragould squad of, uh, of 75 and 76 in football. You need to get some of those guys in here. They went 10 and 0 two years in a row. Jeez. And uh, what year what, you say you played then? Or you were and I didn't play. I just, I just watched those guys. Wow. Uh, that was a senior high team, okay, for 75 and 76. Loaded. Uh, I, I could take this whole podcast and talk about that bunch. And they you were 10 sometime. and 0? 10 and 0, two years in a row. Two years in a row. 
Has that ever been done? Like, oh, yeah, but uh, still not around here. That's know. what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah like they, in Region they, 8 area. They, yeah, they are the legends. They are the legends. Ten and oh, yeah. And then they were, Who did they have that was... Uh, oh, gosh, I'll leave somebody out and I'll be in trouble. But okay. that's the Todd Dudleys and uh, the, the Billy Fishers and the Jay Morgans and the uh, the uh, Brad Bradshards and uh, Joe Fillowers. Uh, Joe, you'll read from time to time in our, um, in our Premier Magazine, NEA Premier Magazine. And just, they were just loaded. Wow. Uh, one of those years, they had 21 different starters. That's how loaded they were. Jeez. Now, when I played that seven out of the 10 games my senior year, um, I played every down. Yeah, you were both ways. Yeah, so it just had to. You know, it just yep. worked out that way. But anyway, that's a long time ago in a place far, far No, away. man, that's great. They have a good basketball squad back then, too? Oh, they were tremendous. They went to state. They didn't okay. win state, but they went to state, yeah. And yeah. several of those players went on to play afterwards as well. Todd Dudley was amazing. But those guys, I look up to those guys because they were good at everything they did, kind of like Anthony. But, uh, but they were fun. They had personalities. Yeah. You know, they just they had their good times, and then they turned around and showed up and got things done, if you know what I mean. Yeah, so that's man. all I'll say about yeah, that. Yeah, that's great, I'll man. Let, I'll let them speak for well, themselves. Well, maybe the football team will uh, get back to that place. You know, we just, <laughs> Perigold just yeah. made the David Gunn hire. Sure. David Gunn just came on sure. the podcast. and so Excited about that. Yeah, that is exciting. So you grew up uh, in Perigold and playing sports. Um, was, you know, I, I've known you, like I said, from the radio. Mm-hmm. That's all I've ever known you from. I know you work with more media now yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, was that always kind of the plan? No. I, I have, uh, if, if you ask my business partner, Dina Mason, I have zero plans. You know, <laughs> I just kind of go where I'm pointed. And sometimes veer off that, you know. Um, um, but um, I, I fell into radio. Uh, one of my good friends, uh, Mark Malcolm, and I used to run around quite a bit. Mark was my next-door neighbor. And uh, we had a big fascination with KISS and all of that kind of stuff. And I was playing sports, um, and he was, he was the team manager, so we were always around one another. We, had a, uh, we were just like everybody else. We wanted Trans Ams and Z28s and all this kind of stuff. And, uh, but anyway, next-door neighbor. And um, so I go over one day, and I say, hey, where's Mark? And uh, his mom said, he's at work. I said, work? And she said, yeah, he's working at the radio station. And this is around what year? Probably. This is uh, 1980. 1980. Man, so the 80s yeah, were so, here. Yeah, I graduated in 1980. My first okay. job out, I was a uh, auto uh, installation guy at Montgomery Ward, uh, which we don't have any longer. It's affordable medical care now, the same building. Okay. You know, me and mechanics, you know, is not a good mix. <laughs> so we'll just leave all those stories out of it. But that's where I'm working. And uh, so I go out to see Mark, and I said, what are you doing out here, man? He goes, well, I got a job. I'm working the weekends. So I said, they're paying you money to play music? And drink sodas? Where do I sign up? You know, and uh, you know, I have had two. That's exactly why Robert decided to work in radio. Whatever he was younger, <laughs> right? I was uh, not not very good at it. Oh, he was too. He made a good effort at it. So. But you got to drink soda. And yeah, get paid. that's yeah. true. Yeah, and uh, so, uh, um, but no, that's how I got started. And uh, um, Mark, uh, nineteen eighty, nineteen eighty, and it was what just, was it called then? It was just KDRS AM at the time. Uh, it was Sunshine Radio. That was our moniker. And the great thing about a lot of radio stations back then, it was a block format. You know, where we have one hundred seven one Jack FM. It's adult hits, variety music, whatever you want to talk about. Uh, Jill is is uh, uh, hot AC, uh, and our I Rock one hundred three seven is modern rock and all that. It's a little more. 
you know, aimed, if you will. Yeah. But uh, KDRS-AM, like a lot of stations did back in the day, were really kind of like a TV station on the radio because you started out with gospel music. Then mm. you went to easy listening music. Then you went to country music. Then you went really? to this. Then you went to that. Then you went to this. Then you went to yeah. that. And uh, integrated into that were great local newscasts, you know, using AP News, lo using local news. The obituaries are on there. You had the swap shop. You had trading time. What a different world. You, know, you had uh, 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 ministers who had bought time, you know, program here and there and everywhere. Sundays was nothing but. And uh, and then at the uh, uh, the town crier news at 5 o'clock every day, which was amazing. What was and that? It, it was uh, it was basically about a 25-minute um, uh, newscast. Really? You still have recordings of any of those? I don't. Uh, people do. KDRS stands for, well, we're a K because we're east of the Mississippi. I'm sorry, we're west of the Mississippi. W is for the uh, east side. Okay. Uh, C is for Canada. X is for Mexico. But anyway, so we're so K. So confusing. Yeah, it, it is. And then DRS stood for Douglas Rand and Self. Uh, Douglas uh, and Self uh, were related to Ted Rand, who is Tim Rand's yes. dad. Yeah. And, uh, and you talk about a talent. Ted ran. He unfortunately passed away by the time I was working there. But I've heard some of his stuff. This guy, this guy's Paul Harvey. I mean, he's that good. He is that good. And what they used to do, you do five minutes of AP news, which is national news. Then you did some state news. Then you did some local news. Then you did some sports. And then you did obituaries and so on and so forth. Well, when Ted Rand was doing it, he would do a thing called, I believe it was called the Spotlight or something like that. He would do an editorial, or just write a story and talk about it every day. I, I'm, I'm getting the title wrong. Tim can tell you. But I heard one once he was just talking about the family dog, and it was so poetic. I mean, it just wasn't a story. It was poetic. And this guy was great. And I, I hate that uh, I didn't get to hear more of him hmm. uh, uh, going on. I mean, this guy this guy could have been in New York or Los Angeles. And he was here local. But he, he was here local, yeah. You need to get Tim Rand on sometime and let him tell his dad's story. It, it's pretty interesting stuff. Wow. But, uh, but, but by doing all those different... Different formats. Uh, you know, I was I was a gospel DJ. I was an easy listening DJ. I was a country DJ. Every afternoon at one o'clock, it was Chuck Camfield and the Triple C Show. Uh, did that show and an afternoon show. Did the news. Did the sports. Did high school sports. All that kind of stuff. Did the top forty at night. Uh, I, I one of my first gigs was to go out and ask every kindergarten, first and second grader in Paragool and maybe even Greene County, what Santo was going to bring them for Christmas. Mm. So, it, I mean, it was just this, all these different things on one radio station. That is super cool. Yeah. My, I don't know when it was. My dad used to work at KDRS. Mm -hmm. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah. And so um, that's actually where he met my mom at. Oh, really? So, yeah, he used cool. to be a, um, yeah, used to be a DJ on the uh, radio there. And my mom came in to do a school report and my dad was in there working. Actually, had yeah. Oh, so my goodness. yeah. So KDRS, thank you. I now, wouldn't be here if it wasn't that, for you. What year was that? Oh 
man, I don't. It would have been in the seventies. Okay, well, so but I don't remember. Maybe it wasn't called KDRS, and I know it was on no, Tower Drive. It, well, okay, we're still there, and it was always, uh, you know, KDRS started on Tower Drive in a home, and then uh, or, uh, an old house, and then it went downtown which is now part of the First National Bank family, but where the Ford and Hergen Insurance building is there mm-hmm. across from the courthouse, old courthouse, it was in that basement for a long time until the mid-'70s. I believe 76 is when they came out into the building that we're using right now. So they may need to come out and recreate a photograph. Or no something. doubt, man. Absolutely. <laughs> I have been out there one time, and uh, – it was whenever a friend of mine, Grant Woodside, oh, worked at yeah. Denver Grant. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so uh, I He's going to be my country neighbor within the next two or three months. Is that right? Yeah. So he's moving back here. Uh, no, okay. Now, which is brother? I'm sorry. Oh, I can't remember. I don't know. Oh, it's his brother. I'm sorry. Okay, the other one. Yeah, Grant's the youngest. Yeah, yeah, okay. That's cool. Okay. Um, so, man, so you were 18 when you started, mm-hmm. when you got into it. Things have changed a lot, surely, it, right? It has changed a lot. Let me tell you one story from being that greenhorn starting out, Okay. In 1980, I believe it was in September, you know, Arkansas used to have either 18 or 21 Titan II nuclear missiles based here. Did you know that? No. You can look it up. It's a true story? True story. And if Why? You, if you take little, well, defense of the country. Because uh, <laughs> uh, no one knows where we are. Yeah, that's why. Right. They would yeah. never suspect. <laughs> well, we had blind. Paragold. Dang it. They got us. Well, you're familiar with Blyville Air Force Base, too, right? Uh, yes. Yes. Okay. I am familiar with it. My wife taught high school English in Gosnell. Okay. And so I got a little bit familiar okay. with that. Well, I'll, I'll tell you an equal story to this. I, I try. You said we're going to go out off on rapid Oh, man. Trails. We're so going we wherever, go. man. Here we go. Um, on missile but, trails now. But if, you, if you look uh, at, you know, you've got Jacksonville Air Force Base there, north yeah. of Little Rock, okay? And you got uh, 67 that comes up our way, and you got 40 that goes up north and west. Between that area were, I believe it's 21 different missile silos. And um, the reason uh, they aren't there anymore is because in 1980, there was some uh, uh, airmen working, uh, doing regular maintenance, and they dropped a socket. And there's a movie, and there's a documentary called uh, Command and Control. You need to stream that. Take that. You will learn a lot about this incident. But uh, but essentially, it caused a fuel leak. Uh, they tried to take care of it, had a lot of people show up, all this kind of stuff. Uh, and unfortunately, they got everybody out but, but for one rescuer, and he, he, he perished in this. Uh, but what the one of the strange things about it is that, okay, the missile exploded, and it launched that's a poor choice of words. It's, <laughs> it um, sailed the nuclear warhead like a mile or so. And for about seven hours, nobody knew where that warhead was. It was found on the side of a county road somewhere. This was up near Damascus, okay, which is up and going toward the north and west, okay. So I get a call from the Associated Press. This is when? Uh, this is 1980, September 1980. And what a and, year. Yeah. And uh, um, the thing about it was they said, do you know anything about the missile explosion? Now, 18 years old, Associated Press calling you, asking you if you know. And they said, well, it's near, are you near Damascus? And I said, you know, that's in the Middle East, you know. And I wasn't even familiar with Damascus, Arkansas. <laughs> but uh, anyway, that just... Uh, and, and, but you look it up. It's it's an interesting story. And we had two missiles here. Uh, we had, uh, no, not here in Perigold, but uh, the closest one would be Cersei. In Cersei, okay. And, and unfortunately, I, I've, I've done a lot of history on this. I've, it, it 
just fascinated me. Unfortunately, that site near Circe, they lost 56 airmen when they had a flash fire there once. But, uh, but it was that accident in 1980 that said, okay, these missiles might be a little touchy. Let's, <laughs> let's shut them down. I think there's out of the 21 sites there were, there's only two that are visible, and they've been purchased by preppers or whomever who live in them. The rest of them got eliminated. That's a crazy story. Yeah. What? It, but look it up. Don't believe me. Look it up. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 I wrote in here the uh, command and control documentary. Big O's nuts. It's a crazy that, Yeah, that's what, that's what the note says. Uh, what? I'm curious, just out of hearing that, what, what are some of the uh, most memorable stories from your career because oh, there's got to be a few <laughs> well i um I, i'm gonna go back to chuck camfield uh chuck was uh, a longtime personality here as well great guy involved in um in in the uh, green county fine arts council and he's just just a fun guy but this is the guy that builds an airplane in his in his uh living room uh, he and I went fishing one time over at Big Lake and he enjoyed, he spent the time running me into low lying branches. So the water moccasins could fall on me, he's that <laughs> but, but he's the guy that how I learned not to laugh when somebody was doing something incredibly silly in the control room. What do you mean? Well, he, uh, every, every other Saturday, he and I would work together, and he was the news person. And so I'd get there about 5.30. He'd come in about 6, and he'd just come down the hallway dancing with a mop, and, you know, just stuff like this. And, and he was just a funny guy. His, his saying, the Triple C show, his first thing out of his mouth was, uh, you know, how's your mom and them? And that time, just homespun, very intelligent, great guy, very likable. He also taught me about humility. And uh, that was uh, years past uh, where the Dairy Queen is now. Dairy Queen's always been there. But uh, where their parking lot is closer to the highway, that was a gas station. And Chuck was getting gas there. And he noticed, as he described, two elderly ladies noticing them and pointing at them and sure. everything. And he said, I kind of ignored them, you know, finished up my gas. And they waved me over. And so I, you know, put the cap on my gas and walked over. And they said, are you Chuck Hemfield? Uh, yes, ma'am. Are you on KDRS? Yes, ma'am. We can't stand you. <laughs> thank, thank you very much. Oh, okay, just want to let you know. Have a great day. You too. All right, and just go. So that taught me humility right there. That was, uh, you know, you you're on the radio. People are going to notice you. Don't get the big head because there's always somebody that hates you. <laughs> did you hear that? Did you, did you ever hear that kind of? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. You get really? It. Yeah. Well. You can't please everybody. There's always haters. Yeah, yeah but uh, it's it's gone pretty well. Uh, uh, um, Wilma Wheelis, um, who was our station manager back when I started, lovely lady. I, she and I didn't agree on anything because I was 18. And uh, um, and uh, the last when I left KDRS and and had my first. Uh, uh, employment with um, with Trey Stafford, uh, we had a staff meeting, and she and I were backing each other up. Now, was we, Trey, did Trey work with KDRS? No, no. Okay. Uh, we'll get to the Trey years later. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, but she w- was the station manager. She oversaw everything, and uh, she fired me be- once because I um, – and uh, this is kind of separate from the church, but um, – I did say four of the seven you're never supposed to say on the radio. You said what? Four of the seven words you're never supposed to say on the radio. <laughs>
Don't let me explain it. It just happened. So, Robert, he's, he's got something. Yeah, yeah. He, he can tell you later. No. Yeah. And, um, but uh, she, uh, you know, a lot of things that she taught me, I didn't realize until later. And uh, so I owe her a lot of credit, too. Uh, I did leave um, the radio for a little while, went to work in Memphis over in Mud Island. I worked as a waiter and a bartender and so on and so mm. forth. Then I come back to work at KDRS, and she goes, uh, what's wrong with you? And I said, what do you mean? She goes, you're always cleaning. Uh, you know, this isn't you. You know, what's going on? You know, and I said, well, in, in, as, as a bartender, you're either leaning or you could be cleaning, which mm. applies to a lot of different things and everything. So that's why our relationship started to improve. But when I first started, I was saying, uh, you know, the first time it was Nice, France. I called it nice. She told me that pitcher is something, is somebody that throws a baseball or you pour water out of. It is not a photograph. You know, that, that kind of helped along. <laughs> She was correcting your English. Yeah, exactly. And I needed it. And uh, I still do. Uh, that's Patty yeah, Camp's like job now. And there's you another podcast, Patty Sue Camp. But anyway, um, 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 but anyway, she, she's just, I'd like to give her a lot of credit, too, because uh, I ran into her at uh, Batten's a couple of weeks ago. It was nice to see her. But uh, yeah. anyway. That's really cool. What, what do you think you've, um, what do you think you've learned over the years? Because from, from your perspective, it's a unique job that you have, by the way. Well, yeah. you know, the, the reason I wanted to work in radio, besides drink sodas all the time, uh, was um, I, lo I love music, and, uh, and I don't play at all. I have been the official song leader at the Kiwanis Club, but I sing with enthusiasm, not necessarily tone. Yeah, and, that's uh, Robert so, Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but I just love music and being around music and so on and so forth. So that's what I was attracted to. And uh, um, so working at KDRS, I said, oh, it's never going to happen. That's why I ended up in Memphis, trying to get into Memphis radio. Uh, luckily, uh, some good investors and, and, and other people started investing in Northeast Arkansas radio and making it a better product because, okay, you're KDRS AM and you're doing the farm report and all of this kind of stuff, but people could still listen to a rock 103 or yes. an FM 100 in Memphis. So you're competing with them. And yes. that's what I really, really wanted to do. And, and that's how I felt for many, many years until 1992. And, uh, that was the first time I went out West and went to Jackson Hole, Wyoming and the Tetons and, of course, uh, um, Yellowstone and all that. Yellowstone before the Duttons. And, uh, um, but um, they had a radio station there called K97. Now, a lot of you may be familiar. We have a K97 in Memphis, which is a, a urban format and yes. all of that. Yep, yep. 97.1, Stan Bell. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. And, uh, um, and uh, so I had uh, listened to them quite a bit. But anyway... There's just a different feel in the mountains, uh, and I can't explain it. You had to go discover it for yourself. It's just a. It, it's you know I, I, be honest with you, I just thought it'd be all cowboys and Native Americans and all this mm -hmm. kind of stuff. But it's just a different, laid back approach mm. uh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. And this radio station. Uh, played a, a great eclectic mix of lighter songs. It wasn't like um, uh, Celine Dion and that stuff, mm -hmm. uh, but it was just kind of jazzy, but some rock stuff mixed in, so mm -hmm. on and so forth. And all of the personalities were what I call large market. Now, Jackson Hole, even though it's a, it's a tourist destination, it's a snow town, ski town, but it's only about 6,000 people. And the cost of living, a 1,200-square-foot 
ranch house uh, in 1992, listed out at about 250 grand. So wow. you can imagine where that is now. And I'll just tell you, radio doesn't pay. So, <laughs> so I'm wondering how these guys making it. These yeah. guys are good, you know. Yeah. But what they did, uh, uh, this is an assumption, is they moved to Jackson Hole, fell in love with Jackson Hole, and decided I'm going to stay here. But their their radio, uh, in addition to the great music, they still did the top of the hour AP newscasts. They still did the Paul Harvey uh, when he was still available. They still did the the trading times, all that those little simple hokey things you mm-hmm. did as small town radio. But what they did, um, especially with the trading time program, you know, when I used to do it, somebody would call in. I've got uh, three fourteen inch rims, two bandy roosters, and a and a and a um, air conditioner. It doesn't have a cord on it, but it still works. I'll take one hundred and fifty dollars for all four of my numbers. Blah 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 blah. And I'd say I'd just verify it and move on to the next person. Well, this guy, he made a, he started a conversation with everybody that called. Mm. So uh, I remember this gentleman called and said, I've got six chairs uh, for a uh, dinette set. I want to keep the table, but I want to sell the chairs. Uh, uh, there's six of them, $150. My number is 555, blah, 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 blah. And the guy goes, and he verifies what he has. And then he says, um, now are these chairs in great shape? You know, are they, are they good looking? Oh, I think they are. Oh, what style are they? Well, I don't know. The ladder back, I guess, kind of uh, woven place where you sit and everything. Uh, is that all in good shape, you know, and so on and so well, Yeah. You know? And uh, so you, you want the table. There's no way you can throw the table in with the chairs or no, we're keeping the table. And, and uh, so you're asking $150. Is that your bottom dollar? I don't know. Cash might, you know, but it became a conversation with everybody. And it went by a lot faster than mm-hmm. just taking people's mm-hmm. items and going on. Mm-hmm. And and that station made me realize that, you know, you can sound as big market as you want to, even if you're in a smaller market. So mm. it was after that, shortly after, the, the market in northeast Arkansas really improved. There's a lot of people responsible for that. The, the other companies invested in this area, and it all upped our game. So, um, and, and technology, technology has helped quite a bit too. Yeah, I wonder. Do you feel like because you said you've got into you got into it from music? Do you feel like that we this generation, for example, of uh, you know teenagers today, even my generation, mm-hmm. do you do you feel like we've lost something in the days of Spotify and iTunes and the fact that like I've talked about this with my wife and other people? You know, I actually miss the days where um, you you had to wait till the song came on the radio, <laughs> and there was something about that. Right, you're with your friends in a car. And or you're at home, right? And all of a sudden, here it comes. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Now, sometimes the guy that was doing the 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 DJ would screw it up at the end. Sure. They start talking. It's like that's my favorite yeah. part. Be yeah. quiet, right? <laughs> but now, right? You've got Spotify. You've got iTunes. You got all this mm-hmm. stuff. Like Napster is what kicked it off, right? But I can listen to my favorite song anytime that I want, and yeah. usually I wear it out. Yeah. In a couple weeks, I've listened to it so many times, and I'm. On to the next thing, right? Do you well, feel like we've lost something that? Like, do you grieve that at all? Or are you like, ah, eh, it's just I, part of it? I, I agree. I agree. Um, but I, I have a friend uh, who just recently retired from the automobile business. And then for the past five years, he's been calling both of us dinosaurs. <laughs> and uh, and I said, well, what do you mean by that? And, and, and his industry is changing and our industry has changed as well. We've just managed to survive. Uh, and we've had to alter our game a little bit. But I said, think yeah. about this. 
Uh, you know, I've been here a long time, a lot longer than y'all have. And so I've gone from eight tracks to cassettes to CDs yeah. and so on and so forth. Well, you know, driving around, we made our, you know, we made mixtapes. Then you made yes. your mix CDs oh, man, and all that, that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. And if you really wanted to play your favorite artist, sure, you put the, pop the tape in or whatever like that. But you know, when it was over, what'd you do? You turned back yeah. to the radio. Yeah. Because right. you, you discovered more new music. That's how you found it. Yeah. 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 And, and, uh, and then one thing I, I, a lot of people say you need big O on your team for trivial pursuit, but, um, you know, the one thing uh, that I miss uh, is is uh, hovering over the records or inserting the tapes or whatever, uh, because when I was actually playing records, uh, if, if records look Google that if you if you're not from it, it's coming it's coming back. It so, is. You know. I've got one in my uh, <laughs> my house right now. Turn and uh, but I used to learn so much off the label. And then if you did play an album, you read all those liner notes. That's what we're missing. You know, that's how there wasn't Google. There wasn't Wikipedia to find this information to come up with. You had to glean it off of the, off the album, yeah. you know, and most of the time it was right. And, yes. uh, but you, you might get a few things wrong, but uh, I do miss that part of it. And, and, uh, is, I, what do you I, think we're missing I, in that? Like, what is it that we miss? Well, it, this next it, generation won't be able to get, well, it's just like everything else we've, going too fast yeah we're going too fast you know jack fm um you know i will say is my favorite format of all time really why and jack uh, uh was uh created in 2002 i'd like to think that i came up with the idea but uh, in 2002 in vancouver i believe is where it was or 2004 i'm sorry and they were trying to appeal that's that's when xm was coming out you know, with XM, you can find every type of music sure. you want, you sure. know. Um, but there's XM. And then, like you said, the DJs were saying the same things and ruining your song sometimes and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. Well, the, the Jack FM approach, I, I hate to use this term, but it's a term they came up with, is called anti-radio. And the people who created Jack just thought radio was a little full of itself. So if you notice on Jack FM, we talk very little. We try to say something entertaining in two to three seconds, and it's back to the music. Mm -hmm. We make fun of ourselves quite a bit, um, and um, and I could spend all day on Jackisms, but uh, <laughs> um, uh, but so to me, it's the it's the the perfect go between. Um, if you've got a great ja a jock, uh, a great personality, that's the person you want to listen to. But we don't always have that. Sure. So with Jack FM, we can give you a nice, consistent, you know who Jack FM, Jack is us. Yeah. Jack is us. And then when we created our other two radio stations, Jill, you got to have Jack. If you have Jack, you got to have Jill. Of course. And, and she has that same approach. Um, I like to think that Jill is every woman. And uh, and all the things that women experience, it leans more female, even though the guys sure. listen to. And then I rock 1037, um, again, uh, more modern rock, which was not being offered in Northeast Arkansas. But again, the personality is in little drops in between. We don't interrupt the music. We get more music out there. And uh, as we like to say, all the rock without the jog. Brian, it sounds to me like when, I don't know if you remember, I worked for yeah, you sure in 99, right. I think it was. And I remember at that time, 
which is right before, I guess, XM and all that. But I remember you saying to me that, boy, the day's really soon coming when, like, all the cars are going to have these little satellites yeah, yeah. where they can hear whatever they yeah, want to yeah. anytime. And I had in my head that, like, all these little dishes on the side of cars <laughs> yeah. when you were saying that. Yeah. But uh, what, what it just sounds to me is, like, adaptability. Like, you've adapted and, and thrived in the midst of, like, a changing uh, culture, environment. Mm-hmm. So kudos well, to you. Well, the, the statement was, I said, I'm going to worry when they start putting a satellite on every car. And well, they did that. <laughs> they went and did that. But I have, I, you know, I've had XM, you know, when I've purchased my one new car in life, had it mm-hmm. for three months. Then every once in a while around a the holiday, they'll give you a, a free, I, I, I enjoy XM when I'm going across the country, you know, mm-hmm. and, and listening. And I listen to some, you know, when I'm looking for new music, I get way off the beaten path. So it's kind of fun to do that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, before, you know, I was talking about going out West, um, when I went through major cities and before streaming and all of that, my wife knew to get out a, a, a pad and paper and I listened for the breaks. We were all playing the same music. I wanted to know how you were doing your breaks, how you were going from the music into your commercials, how you were doing your commercials. How can we do that different? It's all about entertaining people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, um, Sure, we're not doing our live shows or whatever. You know, I do when when Robert was working, we had ten or fifteen people probably at that time. Mm-hmm. You know, we're doing it with eight. Wow. That's three radio stations. That's uh, NEA Premier Magazine and it's ExploreMoreNEA.com. Our mm-hmm. our digital format. So, wow. uh, uh, and I would love to do more of it. I I liken myself to a golf pro. Um, a lot of people become golf pros because they want to be around the game of golf all the time. And you ask any golf pro, they don't get to play very often. And so that's kind of where we are in radio right now. But I've had fun creating these. You know, Jack came to me. It was already done. And I borrowed extensively from Jack uh, to uh, <clears throat> create Jill. And I rock 103.7. And uh, so and I, I, I have fun writing that imaging in between. Mm. And where I used to be back when Robert was working with us, I was a little safer, if you will. And, uh, um, and then Jack came along. And Jack could say things, not necessarily crude, mm-hmm. but I couldn't get away with saying. Mm-hmm. But this Jack, who is kind of, we have all thought it. Jack says it for us. Mm. Jill says it for us. Yeah. And, and I rock to a degree says it for us as well. So that's, what's been fun about that. And, and, you know, you, and going back to a point, you said the great thing about listening to the radio is you never knew what was going to happen next. Well, yeah. this music that comes to me, I don't, I don't come up with the music. I wish I could. It comes to me. Really? So I'm experiencing that same magic that, Everybody else is hearing this song for the first time. And my favorite story about that is there's a current band that's very hot right now. It's called Greta Van Fleet. Uh, and they um, and everybody says they're trying to imitate Led Zeppelin. Mm. And it's kind of obvious, but they're talented in their own way. But the first time I heard it, I said, hey, Robert Plant's hooked up with somebody new and has a song out. That's how close he sounds. Wow. And uh, so, um, but anyway... Again, I didn't get the playlist. They don't send me a playlist every week. I just listen on the radio, just like y'all do. Yeah, I love that, that Robert, you uh, 
pulled out that word adaptability. I think it's so important because that's what you've done. And it seems like it's been part of your personality, right? Like you said, when you first came in here, like, hey, anybody knows me knows I don't really have a plan or whatever <laughs> else. And in some ways that's worked to your favor. Yeah, well, I guess so. Uh, I mean, again, I give a lot of credit to Dina Mason. She's the one that crunches the numbers and has the plans, makes the forecast and rolls her eyes when I make a decision and all that <laughs> kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, you need somebody like her for sure. We wouldn't be where we are without it. You know, and my job was to create, you know, when Dina and I came to work together for the first time was uh, about uh, 2000, okay? And at that time, um, um, our when I got back into radio, I'd been out for a little while in law enforcement and uh, um, came back to radio um, and the ownership group, uh, I had worked for them prior and they said, hey, go do uh, up there what you did for us previously. And that was more of a, I always said, a finger in the crack kind of guy and just kind of manage things, didn't necessarily grow things or whatever. You know, kept things running, made them fresh, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So, uh, but anyway, we, uh, for a while there, we did some talk radio. We had Don Imus. We went from Southern Gospel to Don Imus. <laughs> now, there's a relationship there, believe it or not. Well, first of all, we put uh, a, a seven-day loop of construction sounds between Southern Gospel and Don Imus. And then Don Imus, you know, when he welcomed us, you know, to the family of listeners, he said, my gosh, they were <laughs> they were Southern Gospel a week ago. Can you imagine what they're thinking right now? But uh, a couple of years later, Don Imus was at our annual uh, Arkansas Broadcasters Association meeting in Little Rock. Mm. One of the radio stations down there who carried them as well brought them. They actually did their show from Little Rock. Mm. His featured uh, um, um, band was a guy, I can't remember their name, but was a gospel quartet. Mm. You know, the irony and all of that. Yeah, man. But uh, we had also, uh, which uh, when Dina and I came together, together, Dina, a long time uh, uh, in the newspaper business. I mean, publisher, editor, all this, uh, extraordinarily nearly successful with that. Well, we were doing an online newspaper at the time. Mm. It's called NEALink.com, and that's why we were brought together. It didn't go as well as we wanted it to. Still think it's a great idea if you've got the backing for it and so on and so forth. But uh, so, you know, we had to, you know, she kind of took over as boss and we had that discussion. We're going to be able to work together and so on mm-hmm. and so forth. And I said, I think so. If you do this, we do this. And, and we have, it worked out. So, um, uh, so adaptability, we were KDRS AM and FM for a long time. We were the Ridge, you know, and then we became hot country before we were Jack. Jack celebrates 10 years on the radio wow. this year. Coming up in February, we actually launched on February 29th, 2012. So Jack is actually a precocious uh, two-year-old because we've only had two birthdays since then because it was on leave day. Sure. Yeah, they sit. So there you go. (laughs) So we had KDRS AM and KDRS uh, uh, FM. And we were really looking to expand, get more radio stations or whatever. Well, in the meantime, Dina has all of this ink inside of her. And that's when uh, Premier Magazine debuted. And it was in 2008 when things in 2008 weren't real yeah. good. We were having some yeah. economic problems across the country. And we published a magazine. Yeah, and um, so... Um, and it's done well. That became our third radio station. Yeah, you've been on the cover of NEA yeah, Premier Magazine. Yeah, I still God. contribute to it. So. <laughs> yeah, you do. Aaron, he's, he's written. He's there every month. And... Um, 
But um, so that became our third radio station. That was kind of the joke for a while. And it's huge. Uh, we uh, 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 That's 15 years. Mm. Jack's 10. Magazine's 15. KDRS is 75. Wow. And more is 20, all in 2022. Wow. But uh, adaptability also means you show up on that phone. You know, you can stream us uh, online. You can stream us with your smartphones. Yes. Uh, you you are where everybody else is. That's how radio has lasted. Yeah. I'm curious. So you've been in this for 41 years-ish, give or take, and uh, you've done a lot. What are you most proud of as you look at the work that you've done? Oh, um, I like... Um, I like uh, not so much being recognized. Uh, I was at Walmart the other night, and and somebody <laughs> says, "Hey, there's Jack FM," <laughs> and it wasn't Big O. It was there's Jack FM, mm. and it's not just Jack. You know, I've been associated with the other stations, the magazine, and everything, and uh, so you know, it's nice just to see somebody enjoy what you do. Totally, you know that that's that's fun, and uh, you know we've we've got to. Um, you know, we're doing the fireworks again. That's that's always a lot of fun. You know, we got you a trophy. You sure uh, did, man. And, and Look at it. There ball, it is. You know, uh, we um, um, uh, that's you know just working with the public is always fun. You know, I, I wanted to get into radio because again, being around the music, maybe meet the uh, uh, some of the people that made that music and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. And I've got to do that a little bit and not as much as I would like to, but I have, but I have discovered that they're just kind of regular people too. Yeah. And uh, kind of eased into that. And I love talking if you haven't figured that out. <laughs> You're good and, at it, man, though. You're good. And, and we, we don't do enough of it. We yeah. don't do enough of it. Well, there's something about your personality. And I think, you know, this goes into, I, I miss the days if I used to watch ESPN, you had these anchors and, you know, y'all bring, you really do bring joy to people's homes. And, you know, we all go through hard times. We all experience loss. We all have those moments where it's just like, man, it's been a crappy day. And it's nice whenever you can have someone who's constant, even if you don't know them personally, you feel like you know them because you just heard their voice so much and you're able to provide entertainment and uh, honestly a service to so many people that has provided in some ways comfort uh, and a level of joy and really Hard times. Well, you thank know. you. Well, a sense of stability, even. Well, you know. one, one of the things I enjoy doing, I just wish it didn't have to happen, uh, is severe weather. And, uh, um, you know, that's, um, I, I'm sure it's changed now, but at one time, the number one reason for listening to the radio was the weather. Mm. And it's interesting in, in, in programming Jack FM and some of the ideas that they they say no weather. You, you, you won't hear a forecast unless it's going to get crazy. And I think everybody needs to know. Sure. But we have so much weather information available to totally. us. Yeah. But, you know, there's somebody who uh, lost power and their TV's not working or whatever. Or their signal is not too strong on their phone or mm-hmm. so on and so forth. And um, so this last tornado outbreak we had back in December, I was on the air for um, uh, about three and a half hours. And anytime there's a tornado involved, I will stay on the radio until it's over with. You know, now when we have severe thunderstorms, I'm, I might jump on and give you that information, do a song. You know, I got three radio stations to bounce back and forth between and so on and so forth. But when it's tornadoes and like that December 10th, 
was awful. Yes. And, uh, and there was no way of getting off. He didn't really want to be. Luckily, uh, Dina and Perry were at an uh, event, and they came by. Uh, Perry is Dina's yep. husband, by the sure. way, and works for uh, uh, um, more media as well. Um, but they came by and shoot me water because I, I just dry out real all this kind of stuff and and other information. But um, so I, I know you know there's other radio stations doing a great job of it as well. Uh, but I want to be that station. If you do decide to turn us on, you're going to get that information. Yeah. Well, I was at a remote broadcast doing something else a couple of weeks later, and 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 I had a young lady say, "Man, I appreciate." all that information we were listening to you and they were over in the boot hill of missouri of, of all places so it wasn't necessarily here in Paragold or jonesboro you know our market is is northeast arkansas we are we have our studios here but it's northeast arkansas and anybody that's listening and it was nice for her to say man i appreciate that absolutely and, and another thing i try to do with with weather coverage is try to stay as um relaxed as possible because I was scared of storms as a kid. Yes. And Same here. Yeah, and 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 and, and if you if, if that person who's given me the information is excited, um, uh, I I got excited. Oh, so yeah. I, I and I've had my daughter uh, uh, with me at the studios when the sirens are going off, and I got her underneath uh, the broadcast console and all that kind of stuff. Just and I, I'm talking to her. And that's what keeps me calm for other people. So every time I'm doing a weather for or severe weather, I'm talking to my kids. Yeah, and that's how I try to. Oh, sorry, start uh, try to stay uh, uh, calm and doing all that. But I think that's that's one of my favorite things to do, even though I don't want to do it very often. Yeah. Well, you're talking about being a a non anxious presence in a very anxious society, and that's what we need. You yeah. Know, because it, when we can be a peaceful presence, that permeates and we're able to help bring other people to ease yeah. in a very chaotic and hostile and anxious time. So, and you do a very good job. Well, thank of you that. very much. Thank very you. good job of that. Well, you got to ask my kids though, when I'm at home, how unhostile. <laughs> That'll be podcast part two. <laughs> the home life. Big old. Well, Hey, let's move into some rapid fire okay. questions. You cool with that? Let's do it. So, um, all right. What is the last either show that you binged or movie that you watched? Well, I love to watch movies and television. All of my life's reasoning and uh, references come from the movies, for better or for worse. Okay. So, I am probably accused of watching um, The Grand Tour and Top Gear, the original, almost every day. Because it's my calming pleasure. I don't know of either one of those. Okay, well, um, Top Gear, uh, the original, was a BBC program. Jeremy Clarkson, Richard Hammond, uh, um, James May. And it was a car show. Uh, and then, of course, being in, in England, they are a little more loose with their comments and such. <laughs> and they're very entertaining. They make a lot of fun out of themselves. Uh, they're very confident of themselves, but they make a lot of fun of one another. And it's just, I think they have the best job in the world mm. because they go everywhere to drive exotic cars. You know, there you go. I mean, we're, we're what is it, the Bayron? Uh, you know, that's a $1.5 million car, and he's driven it, driving it. And uh, there's one, uh, he wanted to go from Saint Tropez on the beach to skiing. 
and then over to another Italian town in in. That's yeah. Robert's dream job too. Yeah, He's yeah, over there being yeah. like, "Man, what am I doing so, with my life?" Now there's there's been other top <laughs> gears that you know they they back in 2015 there was a discussion. I'm using air quotes and punches were thrown and they were fired and then that's when the Grand Tour, which is carried okay. by Amazon, uh, debuted and uh, and so now I'm just I, I go back and watch old stuff like that. But I'll you know I I I love a lot of different cinema. I love The Godfather. I, one of my favorite movies is heat that came out in 95 uh, shoot them up type thing tombstone yeah anytime. Oh, tombstone's good, john man. wick you know yeah, come man. on i want to be john wick you know yeah. he, though he kills everybody but yeah. uh, you, you still root for him and that's i probably my uh, i've really picked up with him the last uh, few have years. you got into uh, yellowstone or oh, yeah. uh, 1883 oh, yeah. Oh, yes. yeah, and I, I, like I haven't watched yellowstone but my wife and i are in 1883 right yeah. now and it's yeah. like Incredible. Well, it, it is good. I've I saw the first two episodes. Well, the last one's going to make you cry. Oh, is it? Oh my oh, gosh! Oh no! Oh no! I need to get caught up with that. But yeah, R- Yellowstone. I like it. We for the longest we didn't see it. Uh, we binged it. Uh, a matter of fact, I had um, oh, it was one of our networks. Um, um, what's the NBC um, Peacock Peacock streaming yep. channel? Yep. And and they had it. And I said, you want to give this Yellowstone thing, and yeah. this, this is three seasons in. I want to give this Yellowstone thing a chance. Yeah, let's watch it. So we watched the first episode, and we went, well, this is pretty good. Okay. All right, let's go to number two. Well, to get that, you must go to Peacock Plus or yes, whatever. Yes. So we laid out in the six ninety nine, and yeah. so we watched it. I went through it three times. Yeah, I think it's Paramount Plus. Is that right? Oh, is it Paramount, Paramount Plus? Well, there is Paramount Plus, but there is uh, the Peacock channel, okay. too. Yeah, now... Paramount is where it's airing. Okay, and yeah. it comes across, but uh, it was also that's, that's next up for us. We're big uh, Ted Lasso fans too, so mm. we love Ted Lasso. I, it looks funny. I have not it's watched fantastic. it. Fantastic. All right, next question. Sure. This is going to be a hard one. Uh-oh. Favorite type of music, or you could just go with favorite band. <laughs> Can't do it. <laughs> you know, if you had to pick, or how about this? Like you're on a desert island, you've only got one album you can listen to. Mixtapes won't count. You can't do a mixtape. I used to do ten albums. What, what ten albums would I take with me? Okay, and uh, and then I've got my funeral music. My wife cannot stand the fact that I keep funeral music, and uh, um, so it's getting longer now. Both of you gentlemen are associated with funerals. And so, you know, I'm at about six songs right now, and that's a lot of songs for a funeral, isn't it? And That's uh, a really long funeral. Really I'll just tell you, as a guy who's officiated uh, a few in my day. It's really been I've tough. never had one with six. And, and it changes every day as well. But, um, you know, my favorite song in the world is by the band The Cult. It came out in 1985. It's called She Sells Sanctuary. And it's just kind of a, you know... Um, like I said, in 85, it's got a bit of an alternative uh, feel about it, uh, uh, but still straight ahead, guitar and drums. Mm. I, I tell people, I usually, music is about beat, rhythm, and soul. And if you can put all those together, you've really got something. But let's just take, uh, well, the cult, let's take ACDC. Mm-hmm. Beat and rhythm, for sure. And they have their own type of soul. Then you can come over here to Earth, Wind, and Fire. Uh, which uh, lots of beat rhythm and soul and so on and so forth. So, uh, but uh, yeah, the, I, um, um, it's tough. It is tough. I, I, well, that's good, man. You gave us a song. Well, there you go. And you gave us an into yeah, beat rhythm and soul. Is you think music is uh, is good now as it was then? 
It is. You just got to find it. Okay. There's so much. Yeah, there's so much. There That's what's hard. So much. There, there is so much. Back in uh, in the 90s, I had a discussion with Dina's son uh, about, you know, him. He was in high school, coming out of high school, and some of the songs I was playing, and why didn't you play this? Or we were comparing. Yeah. You can't compare generations, mm, you know, okay. because you That's always fair. have your favorite. That's you fair. Know? Yep. There is good music from every generation, as long as you can find it. But I found that in the the lack of harmony, we've lost harmony. Somebody's out there doing it, but we're not hearing it always. Yeah. You know? I mean, there's great, uh, there's uh, Bruno Mars. I love Bruno Mars. One of the best performances I've ever seen. That's how we should talk about is, is concerts that I've seen. What's your favorite concert? Uh, well, that's, I can't say favorite. It has to be top five. <laughs> it was, uh, uh, it, one of them would be the Eagles in 1980. Okay. Uh, extraordinary. You know, I my first five concerts that I saw were either Kiss mm-hmm. or Queen mm-hmm. with Freddie Mercury. Then I saw wow. the Eagles. And I realized you didn't have to put on a lot of stuff around the edges. <laughs> You could just be if good. you're good enough. Yeah. You could just be good, yeah. you know. Uh, uh, the Black Crows second album uh, at uh, in classic. Little Rock uh, at the Robinson Hall, and the Jayhawks opened up. Just extraordinary. Everybody, they were just on fire. It was just on fire that night. Um, Bruno Mars, just as a, you know, a lot of people that uh, sing and dance, uh, either dance or sing, uh, and and he was doing it both, mm-hmm. and I, I and, and an ongoing. Um, an ongoing um, um, change of scenery. I didn't. I thought, you know, like I said I've seen Kiss, I've seen Queen, I've seen Genesis, and wow. and Bruno Mars just put them all to shame. And to have twenty thousand people, a lot. yeah, twenty thousand people just going crazy. Um, experience. Um, that's number three. What's number two? Oh, number one? I, I was trying to. Well, that, not oh, that's not in that, order. Not okay, all right. Order. Uh, I, you know, I, I finally got the chance uh, three years ago. Brian Ferry, and I don't. You might be more familiar with the music of Roxy Music. Okay. Roxy Music had a um, uh, their big hit was in like seventy three, seventy four. Love is the drug. But uh, when MTV came around, I was mm-hmm. a big MTV fan. But mm-hmm. this uh, band, Roxy Music, came out with an album called Avalon. And 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 um, Brian Ferry was the lead singer, and he's one of those romantic mm-hmm. guys, good looking. You know, you hate him because he's just so good looking and everything. But he's he's just good. He's just cool. It's it's eloquent and all that type of stuff. Didn't think I would ever see him in concert, and he came to the Ryman Auditorium uh, about three years ago, and I got to see him from eighteen rows. Wow. My wife. The story I like to tell about that is that uh, this was um, on. August fifteenth of nineteen or uh, twenty nineteen, it was one hundred degrees in Nashville, and uh, she says, uh, "What are you going to wear?" I said, "I'm going to wear a suit," because he. I guess the only comparison that you would, would be uh, Robert Palmer. You know, Robert Palmer was good looking. Just you're not familiar with Robert Palmer. Don't you're giving me that look. I bet I, I I don't know Robert I hope, Palmer. I hope you're writing that down. I know, I know. That's that's another note. I've got so many you've, notes on here. You've heard Robert Palmer, uh, addicted to love. Okay, uh, yeah, 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 all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, you yeah. Know, the girls in yes. the background. Yes, okay. But, I'm with you, know, you now. This good looking guy wore suits. You know, just just had it going on. You know. Yes. And uh, so uh, she said, "You're gonna wear a suit to a concert." I said, "Look, 
<laughs> it's Brian Ferry. And, and Brian Ferry, you know, he, he was wearing $10,000 that night. But it looked like he was a banker rather than a singer. I mean, it was just that understated. Cool. But when yeah. you get close, you see pattern in the – I'm going back to my clothing days. But anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, I said, look, the Ryman Auditorium is not a big place. If he happens to turn down the wrong hall and I happen, happen to turn down the right hall, I don't want to shake his hand wearing shorts and a T-shirt. So she said, okay, I guess I'll dress up too. 100 degrees, we're two blocks away from the Ryman Auditorium. Uh, get over there an hour too soon, so kind of had to stand outside for a while. Oh, wow. I was one of six people that had a suit and tie. <laughs> 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 and everybody else in uh You in were prepared, though. T-shirt. Yeah, yeah, but we didn't bump any. <laughs> a little side note, if you are not uh, on the mailing list of the Ryman Auditorium, you need to be because it's four hours away from us. It's 2,200 yes. people. It's like a, an exaggerated Collins Theater. And uh, they beautiful. all kind of music, comedy, everything is in that place. Yeah. Great stuff. I've been wanting to catch a show there for years and just haven't. So I'm going to move to the third one. What is your favorite meal? Fried chicken. All right. Let's just go to that. I eat a lot, but fried chicken. It's a good one, man. Yeah. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yep. Uh, what is on your nightstand right now? Uh, nightstand. Uh, there's a fan. <laughs> Um, uh, you know, it depends on my nightstand. A lot of times I have some back trouble and it depends on how much tossing and turning and flipping mm -hmm. I'm doing. And, mm -hmm. and, uh, and I also, I, I go to sleep to the television. So, uh, and then I try to take my wife's, um, um, sleeping habits into consideration. So I sleep on the front couch. It's not because I'm in trouble. <laughs> But um, but uh, there's a there is a laser light for my cat and uh, remote control and, and phone. Excellent. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Give us a snapshot of an ordinary moment in your life that brings you great joy. Right now, what's an ordinary moment in your life that brings you great joy? Uh, you know, the birth of my children. Uh, you got to say that, or you get you know. Your, your hands cut off, but it was extraordinary. Um, what about right now, though? Ordinary, oh, right now, yeah, right uh, now. You know, it, uh, the place that gives me peace is the Rocky Mountains mm. or the mountains. Period. Mm. Uh, you know, Ponca here. You know, I can get over there in four hours, and I am at peace. That's great. Um, but uh, nature can do that. Man. Yeah, it is. Last question: What is one thing you are deeply grateful for right now? Opportunity. And understanding of a lot of people who have given me um, a lot of breaks along mm. the way, you know, just jumped in. And, and Paragol's full of that. You know that. I'm not telling y'all anything. Um, uh, that's the good thing. I, I, I when I'm asked to speak to a, a younger group of people or whatever, I always stick my hand out to offer to shake their hand, and I get a kick out of how they look at it. Like, mm. what do you want me to do with that? Mm. And I, I say, I want to grab hold of it, and they do. And then I say, I'm Brian Osborne. What's your name? And Betty Jones, you know, whatever. And and I said, well, okay, here's the thing. We've talked about all y'all like to do. You want to you want to design uh, album covers. You want to have design, um, um, you know, computer systems and so on and so forth. And I know all of you can do that, but 
can you tell anybody about it? Can you communicate that? Mm-hmm. And so I, I guess I have the communication down. It's maybe the product sometimes doesn't come along <laughs> with it. But uh, that's uh, my family, my mom, and, you know, there, there was never a stranger. I was shy at one time, hard to believe. But, uh, uh, but you know, my, my children, you know, they, oh, Dad, shut up. Can we go and all that? I know that's a lot of kids that way and so on. Do, is, is, do you not know everybody and so on and so forth. Uh, one of my uh, sidelines along the way, I was in law enforcement, and I actually had applied for the um, uh, Little Rock PD and then did some testing and so on and so forth, and then got a long, long ways. And they sent some um, 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 background investigators. And this is when I was working at Grisham's Clothing. Saw these two guys walk in. I thought I'd met one in Little Rock before, but they couldn't blend in. Let me just say that. So I said, gentlemen, can I help you with something today? And uh, I like a pair of pants. I said, oh, okay. I said, do you need casual pants? Uh, you need khakis? You need pleated, unpleated, you know, everything like that. The other officer looks at him. He goes, he knows who we are. <laughs> and then the question, was, blown. The, the question was, does anybody in this town know who you are? That question was asked. <laughs> like, well. But I had just bought a house, moved into a new neighborhood, and none of my neighbors knew me. And, um, but it's just, um, a lot of people have given me breaks and, um, and, and, and hands up. I mean, in in favors. Yeah, there's favors. We always talk about favors, but uh, there's good favors. Sure. And, uh, and, uh, and I've just always been interested in them and getting to know them. Tom Kirk, you know, I miss him so much. Mm. He and I, Tom, uh, you know, he was around the corner from the radio station and I would just drop by there mm. and he would just lay his pen down. Big O, what's going on? And we'd talk for an hour and a half. That's and there's cool, other man. people like that. Uh, Jack Howe, another late friend of mine. Um, uh, um, it's just, um, he's he was a, uh, we call him uh, my non-biological brother and non-biological dad and so on and so forth. And mm. just some everyday things out of that and, you know, perspective and that type mm-hmm. of thing. But, uh, but a lot of people have been uh, good to, you know, honor my work here and so on and so forth and work. And I just like giving back and everything. It's excellent. Well, yeah. I just want to say thank you for showing up, not only today, but just in our lives <laughs> over all these years. And yep. so uh, I really mean it when I say you you provide a sense of stability and comfort and entertainment to people that is definitely needed uh, in this world. And so really appreciate your work and who you are. Well, you're welcome. And I appreciate people listening and putting up with me. I mean, because there's a lot of choices out there. There's a lot of things to listen and be entertained by and everything like that. And and I appreciate people, as uh, one announcer said, thanks for stopping by, you know, that type of thing. So uh, it's it's a joy. I'm blessed. And uh, I appreciate you having me on the program and everything. This is fun. Congratulations on this for you. A lot of people talk about how much they enjoy this and and your listenership uh, proves that. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. A lot of great guests that have been on here like yourself. So, you know, as well as I do, that's what makes it. So, (laughs) all right. Hopefully we can do it again soon. Sure. Anytime. Big O has left the building. Robert, what did you think about that, man? First time you've been around him in a while? Well, I mean, I see him around just because he is like Mr. Perigold. He's around everywhere. See him at the farmer's market and places like that, the store. And uh, he always remembers me. He's, he's like Mr. Perigold. I mean, he knows everybody, knows everything he's about the city. very well connected. He is. And has a lot of information that I did not know he had about the city. Yeah. I mean, um, his ability to recall events and people, 
it just tells you that he cares about the communities in and he cares about people. Yes, he does. People and music. Mm. Those two interests have uh, cross paths and he's been able to make a career out of it. He's done a good job. Um, yeah, Big O, thanks so much for coming on. and love to have you back soon. Hey, if you're still listening to this, I just want to say thank you so much uh, for tuning in. If you have not already done so, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes. That helps people to find us and learn more about uh, the people in Paragould. Also, remember we're on all the different social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We have a website, paragoldpodcast.com. You can also subscribe to our email list if you would like to do that. We've not done a giveaway in a long time. We should probably do that soon. We did We've like two of those right out of the gate and just have like, haven't done any in a while. Oh my, it's coming. It's coming. Because Be you thinking. just said that. Yeah, I know, man. Challenge um, accepted. Challenge accepted. So, hey, as always, uh, thanks for listening or as Big O said, uh, thanks for stopping by. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Until next time.